Headline Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time. So we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Welcome to Switch the Envelope, the podcast that aims at rewriting Hollywood history. My name is Corey. Yeah, my name is Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. On this episode, we are going to be talking about... Careful, weird... Beetlejuice might come out. Oh, that's right. Uh, we're we're going to talk about a sort of weird phenomenon that kind of only exists in celebrity culture, entertainment in general, right? And what is that, Corey? It's, it's this idea that... <clears throat> Somebody can rise to incredible fame and then drop off as quickly as they rose to it. We're talking about one-hit wonder actors. Yeah, tonight. I mean, it doesn't happen in any other profession. It's not like you become a, 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 a police officer and you rise to being a police officer super quick and then all of a sudden they just go, hey, guess what? You have to go, you have to become a gardener tomorrow. Yeah, you, you, you go you. Right, right from sort of... Uh, Walking a beat to chief of police in a three-year span, and then you're fired, and then nobody hears of you again. It's it, it doesn't happen, right? But it does happen in the entertainment industry, Jeff, all the time. When you know you talk about like uh, TV personalities, you talk about um, singers, pop stars. You know they'll they'll have one song that you'll be hearing for decades, but they've never done really anything of merit since. Now he exactly, but. There's there's a thing though, Jeff, where we're like, these people are still trying. Um, it's sort of the the sort of sad flip of the coin, right? The other side of the coin here is a lot of these people still try. You know, they're still working, they're still trying to do to do what they you know made it big and became a household name doing. But sometimes they just you know they have bad management or they pick a role in a movie that ends up flopping or whatever, and it kind of just shifts their career. It's kind of like you roll the dice a little bit in the entertainment industry, and sometimes, you know, you get snake eyes, and you become a sort of one-hit wonder. What's exactly. Interesting. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say exactly. In the um, in the music industry, you have somebody who has a great big hit. Like, has anybody ever heard of the band Dead or Alive? Who has ever heard of the band Dead or Alive? I have. You have. They are the ones that sang the song "You Spin Me Right Round." Baby right baby round. right round. Like a and record baby? Like a record baby right, right round, round. Round round, yeah. And unless you heard the Flow Rider version, <laughs> which you may have. I mean, that is one of the most earwormy um, synth uh, like melody lines. That is the uh, most awesome ever. melody line. <laughs> what Corey doesn't know is that I've actually cut out him singing because we would have gotten sued. Now, everyone that's listening is going to be like, ah, crap. I can't get that out of my head for two weeks. Yep. They didn't do anything now, else, Jeff. Now, we couldn't sing the melody for that because we would have been sued. But yeah. that song. And, and I sang that, that one a in one a modulated flat so that it. Exactly. <laughs> that song's around. a one hit wonder, meaning Dead or Alive never had another hit single. But you know what? They are probably raking in the royalties from Flowrider and everybody else that probably uses that song, like Adam Sandler in Wedding Singer. Mm -hmm. But they are a one-hit wonder. Now, we're not going to talk about music one-hit wonders today. We are going to talk about actors and actresses 
who hit once big and were basically a one-hit wonder. However, with actors and actresses, it's not as simple as just making one hit. Most of the time, they're still working, but they never really achieve the the success of that one big hit that they got um, in Hollywood. Yeah, they weren't able to sort of like ride the wave into more success, right? But there are tons of actors out there that, you know, were part of a franchise or part of a movie that became a phenomenon and then you see nothing else really from them that even comes close to to reaching the level. A lot of times the reason why this happens is because sometimes the actor gets um, typecast. They so represent one specific role that yep. nobody else can see them like this. Now I'm gonna use one actor in particular because he is not on our list, which is Ralph Macchio. Ralph Macchio, once he became the Karate Kid, nobody could see him as anything else. Good thing for him, he already was in Outsiders, and he was only thing that we we can really know that he did after that was pretty much My Cousin Vinny. Mm -hmm. So the only way he's found success since then has been in a successful reimagining of Karate Kid. Right. Well, I want to say before before we get in, into the into no. the real thing, like no, I'm not letting you. No, I'm not not letting you talk. I'm just saying <laughs> there's ahead, a lot Kurt. of <laughs> no go. No, there's a lot of lists out there that um, claim to be lists of one-hit wonder actors, and quite honestly, the majority of them are filled with people who rose to fame starring in TV shows and then did like one movie. That's not really what we're talking about here because they are quite famous for doing a ton of TV. You know, William Shatner being one of them. You know. Um, he's had two or three major TV shows that were huge hits, and the only really movies that are of note are like the Star Trek movies, which are an extension of the TV series. So people put him on this list because, oh yeah, he only did like the Star Trek movies and nothing else. Yeah, and Henry Winkler and Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, they are. They were small screen phenomenon stars um, that captured you know America's heart and the world. And yeah, their film credits are a little more lacking, but they don't count on this, I don't think, because they, they were legitimately household names because of the broader spectrum of their work, right? I think that there's, an, there's another subgroup of people, of actors that they get put on these lists that had a really short run, but they packed a lot into that short run. Those people don't qualify as one-hit wonders because they had two or three hits. According to us, according yeah, to us, they don't. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's not really a one-hit wonder. So people like Alicia Silverstone, who was in like every movie from 1994 to 1997. Specifically, um, she was in. I mean, she was in uh, The Crush, which was a creepy ass movie. Yeah, she was in she Excess was Baggage. In Excess Baggage. She was in. She that, was in uh, that Batman movie with and Brendan Robin. Fraser. She's in Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Yeah, she was in Clueless. You know that obviously broke her, um, but she had a she had a run, and you know if you had a run, that doesn't really count as a one hit wonder. You had your time, but you packed hits in there. You know, yeah, it's like a Macaulay Culkin is a good example of this too. Macaulay Culkin, yeah, sure, he's Kevin McAllister to a lot of people, but there were four or five movies that came after that that um, were. I mean, not. I mean, again, when it's a phenomenon, nothing's ever going to get to that level. But they were, they were successful movies that he was in. You know, one with Ted Danson, <laughs> and one with Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood, another one that gets put on this list. But fuck you, Elijah Wood has been working for so long 
How dare you consider him a one-hit wonder? But anyway, all right. So let's let's go through some 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 of these names that we consider actual one-hit wonders. Patrick Fugit, who ironically <laughs> got his big break and starred in the movie titled Almost Famous. <laughs> Almost Famous. Now, Almost Famous is one of my as a musician. Almost Famous is one of my favorite movies. I absolutely love it's that great. movie. It is it is basically the autobiography of Cameron Crowe when he toured with Led Zeppelin. Even mm-hmm. though they don't say it's Led Zeppelin, that's what it is. It's because Cameron Crowe toured with Led Zeppelin when he was 15. So he he wrote an autobiography basically about himself. Um, and Patrick Fugit plays little Cameron Crowe in that movie. Yeah. And um, he, he plays the, the, the man who, who would eventually write Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> yeah. And Kate Hudson's in it. It's a great movie. It's got uh, Fruza Balk, uh, who plays another groupie, which they're called Band Aids, but um, mm-hmm. essentially they're they're nicer John names. Song. Yeah. Nicer names for the groupies of the band. And then um, we've also got uh, Jason Lee, who mm-hmm. he, I think he needs to be in more things. It's, it's an all-around great film, but Patrick Fugit does absolutely, absolutely fantastic work in this movie, but he you does. don't see him after this. You Except see him in one Unsaved. other movie in yeah. Saved <laughs> yeah. with Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> yeah. He and and here's the thing: like, lead of the movie, he is your emotional, the you know, the protagonist. You're following this character. He sets the tone for the film. He does a great job leading the film. And then, yeah, just nothing after that i think he hit a little like it came a little too early because america wasn't quite ready yet for that kind of like introverted um nerdy guy because he he hit that movie then did nothing and who picked up the slack is like michael Sarah and uh jesse eisenberg (laughs) Well, I would say there's more people than just those two. No, but, no, no. But yeah. I'm saying like th- those guys took the mantle. They were like, oh, yeah, what what, uh, what uh, old Patty Fugit was doing. Uh, we could do that. You know what, though? Th- those guys are those guys are like mini versions of like uh, those guys are like who's the who's the awkward New York guy that always wrote the they're they're West Coast. Woody Allen's. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get. They're, they're Woody Allen's. Okay, those guys are like Woody Allen's. Okay, they're super, you know, just awkward and weird. Patrick Fugit's not like that. I mean, if you watch his character in Saved, he's cool. He skateboards. He's got, he, he's he's like a California kid. He's not. Yeah, I think he was trying like to like guys. break out of that of that sort of mold that he got by you know being an almost famous. Because in Almost Famous, you see innocence. You don't see neurotic. And no, well, yeah, I the, think both. Eisenberg and um, Michael Sarah were neurotic, and you don't see that in Patrick Fugit. There is an innocence to Michael Sarah that Jesse Eisenberg doesn't quite have. Um, you know, so, but they they looked enough alike. I think that people confuse the two, and that that sort I still of just confuse the two. Off. <laughs> which ones in Juno and which ones in uh, Zombieland? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um, it's weird. Because yeah, like you said, he was he was great in that movie, uh, in Almost Famous, and then and then nothing. Yep, it's 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 quite sad. Moving on to the next one is my favorite one on this list. <clears throat> Sorry, he was in the Bill and Ted's franchise, and he was yeah. in Lost Boys. In Lost mm-hmm. Boys, I don't even think he had a part. I don't think he had like any speaking roles. It was but he was Alex just part Winter, of the Lost Boys. Alex Winter. 
Definitely. And his, I believe, is was by choice. I think he was like, yeah, that's not for me. He went off to have a baby. He he also jumped behind the camera. And he's Did he? he's become yeah, he's become a a director, um, writer, I think too. Um he does a, he does a lot of TV directing, I think. Um, but he's also done some features. Um yeah, so his his was sort of a choice, but yeah, absolutely. Like Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, when Bill and Ted's came out, I mean, you see the trajectory of of Keanu Reeves' career. Like Alex Winter could have rode that wave too. Yeah, now he ends up being the other guy from Wham. I don't think Keanu's path would have happened for Alex Winter. Movies like Speed come out that are they're not supposed to be a huge success. It's just about and a bus that won't do. go below 50. And yeah. all of a sudden, it's this huge, huge success with Sandra Bullock becoming also just a major star after that movie. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those kind of things just kind of happen. They do. Yeah. It's um, right place, right time kind of a thing with, with some movies that launch, launch careers. And, and honestly, I mean, that's a, another one of those kinds of movies where like, Keanu Reeves could have done like Bill and Ted's Parenthood and Speed and then fallen off too. You know, exactly. They they could have looked at him and been like, nah, you're good. And then he never gets the Matrix. He never, you know, launches into the stratosphere and continues to carry momentum into better and better roles because he was always kind of a punchline, right? As being sort of um, Bill or Ted from Bill and Ted's, right? And being mm-hmm. kind of the like dopey yeah, dude, right? Like sur- surfer bra kind of mentality. But, um, you know, it, it worked enough to give, him, to give him a run. And then that run eventually launched him into a full-time stardom. But with Alex Winter, his stardom began with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. We should probably look at another actor whose movie career started with an adventure, but this time Dan Unda. Yep, we're talking about Paul Hogan. That's not a career. Um, yeah, yeah, keep really that accent up. Crocodile, no, we're <laughs> terrible at accents here. Switch the envelope. Um, Crocodile Dundee is like the only thing that he's known for. I know that he's done other work. I couldn't tell you what else Paul Hogan has been in that really... I'm not sure Paul Hogan has done other work. He, so he has. He is... Um, a man who got a lot of acclaim for his movie Crocodile Dundee. He was, he was a phenomenon. For, yes, definitely a phenomenon. He People was, thought he was going to be the next Stallone. Yes, he was on commercials. He was um, nominated for an Academy Award for writing uh, Best Original Screenplay, I think. Crocodile Dundee. We, we went over this on another episode, previous episode of the pod. Yeah, I mean, he, he, did, he did star in Lightning Jack, which like nobody saw and flipper um you know flipper probably had a moderate moderate success but like another elijah wood movie so stop putting elijah wood on these fucking lists (laughs) 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 just saying people elijah wood is not a one-hit wonder you're fucking dumb uh yeah you know like he was in flipper so like maybe you could say oh he also had flipper so he's a two-hit wonder no these movies were never no crocodile dundee one and two which I mean, those were big hits, but that was it. Oh, who's next on the list? Next on the list is the beautiful actress from American Pie, Shannon Elizabeth. <laughs> Shannon Elizabeth, uh, yeah, it was one of those those actresses where you didn't you didn't know who the hell she was until American Pie, and immediately became like Shannon Elizabeth. Like you know that name, you know that face. Yeah, and and you know part of the reason why she shot to fame 
uh, one because that movie became sort of a a huge success, uh, you know, amongst teen audiences in particular. It was such um, a phenomenon because of its edgy R-rated, you know, raunchy comedy uh, that was so lacking in in the film industry up until that point. <clears throat> um, but I, I think she was incredibly hot, and you you know, a bunch of young teenage boys saw her boobs, so she became an instant idol. Shan Elizabeth was the '90s version of maybe like a Kelly LeBrock for the 80s. yes that's what i'm saying like every teenage boy knew who shannon elizabeth is every guy who was t a teen in the 90s who is an adult now if you mention shannon elizabeth they go oh yeah oh yeah i know, I know who shannon elizabeth is yeah absolutely <laughs> her last film was scary movie keeping with the theme of a scary movie we're going to move into the next person who made a career of scary movies and scaring the shit out of everybody which is linda blair Courtney, any thoughts about Linda Blair? Reagan. She um, she was a 12-year-old innocent Not girl. Not the president, the actual name of the scary Oh, yeah, no, no. Character. In The Exorcist, she yes, played her Reagan. Yes, her name is Reagan. Not, yeah. not you know, President Although, Reagan. Jeff, to be perfectly honest, both Reagans are terrifying. Uh, yeah, The Exorcist was a huge phenomenon. It's, it's on almost every list of, like, you know, scariest movie of all time or best horror film of all time. Um. I would agree. It's it's one of the best horror films ever made. Best soundtrack, best movie soundtracks of all time. Linda Blair, though, in this movie has that visceral connection for a lot of people, mm -hmm. which makes you wonder why she never did anything more to uh, advance her career because she really hasn't done any more movies. She yeah. pretty much was The Exorcist, and that was it. I mean, she was in a movie with like Leslie Nielsen called Devil in a Blue Dress, right? That's Devil a, in a red spoof. Dress, like that. That's yeah, a spoof yeah. on. Exorcist. <laughs> um, and that's the only other thing I remember seeing her in. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it was just a play on the thing that she was already famous for. Exactly. You know? Um, it, it's, it's a shame because at 12, the, the amount of, like, acting she had to fucking do to make you, like, believe that she was absolutely possessed like she crushes that film and i think that's part of the the charm of that film is that oh my gosh like you have to go see the incredible work that this 12 year old actress is doing to convince you that she's possessed by a fucking demon you know um there's also really iconic sort of imagery in, in that movie that sort of immediately cements it in sort of like cinematic classic lore um and hey you know, man she did an episode of the love boat Right, she went from from being. She also did fantasy from scaring America to ABC Island. television. <laughs> yes, she did Fantasy Island. I mean, that is got to be that's got to be. I mean, just something there. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate that she that she couldn't you know parlay. Maybe it, it's the sort of child actor thing. You know, like a lot of child actors kind of fizzle out um, and don't don't get to sustain their career. Um, most of them because of you know, their lifestyle, drugs alcohol they get into the party scene like drew barrymore almost fell off the face of the planet because she was like nine and like smoking cigarettes and drinking shots and bars and stuff mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and she was mm -hmm. able to sort of rehabilitate her career um as as an adult and somebody like linda blair just didn't well Corey, she made us believe the possession was real with her acting but you know what made me think the possession was real the dance moves of mr patrick swayze patrick swayze <laughs> Yeah. Oh, 
when when you're in a when you're in a movie with the moves of Patrick Swayze. It, yeah, that must yeah. really mess with you and really make you crazy. And you know who was closest to those moves? Jennifer, Jennifer Grey. I have a problem with her being on our list, though, Jeff. I don't. Because she was also in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But she was not a lead in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. She was also in Red Dawn. She's in Red Dawn. Where she's in it with Patrick Swayze. But she's I would not say a lead. She's that a very, she very small had part. a run. Nope. She was not the lead. Okay, so a run... Con- okay, so you're telling me that she is the same. So Jennifer Grey is the same as Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin is a run where... The world knows it's a household name. He is Macaulay Culkin. He starts doing movies as Home Alone, Richie Rich, Home Alone 2. He does The Good Son. The Good Son, that's what the it was. Good where son it's just with the Elijah Wood. With fucking Elijah Wood. Yes. Not that he good fucked Elijah is, Wood, but... The Good Son is Bad Seed with dudes. Yes. So so they do they do all these they do all these movies in a row. And he is a household name. And people are going to these movies to see Macaulay Culkin. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Grey is doing 80s Brat Pack movies where she is not even really associated as a Brat Pack member. She's just filling out the cast. She's in Red Dawn where she's in the background. She gets shot and killed in Red Dawn. She's in um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off where she's the bitchy little sister. And she's not even, she's barely in it. She She has like probably 10 minutes in the whole movie. And then so you're, and you're then saying that she does and then she does um then she does dirty dancing and now she's a household name. So Jennifer Grey, Patrick Swayze, household name, and then she gets her face changed because she changes her nose. And then she can't get work. Yeah. I like the she's she's like one of the few cases of you know plastic surgery, like good plastic surgery that killed her career. Yeah. Like it's weird. Cause she's a very attractive lady. And like the nose job, like I see I can see, you know, like where she was at where like, oh, okay, like I don't wanna be I don't wanna be seen as the plucky sister anymore. I, I don't wanna, you know, like she wanted to up her profile. Um and casting directors were just like, Well, there goes all of your your sort of character building. <laughs> now remember <laughs> like holy fuck, got- really? She That's got, a thing. You become hotter, and and although I honestly I, I think she was just as attractive both with the old nose and the new nose. But eighty seven is when Dirty Dancing happens, right? It comes out in eighty seven. Phenomenon that movie. Everybody knows that movie. Everybody knows her. Everyone knows Patrick Swayze. They're on a they're on a they go on world tours. They do all kinds of press. Um, it's out. It's a huge hit in the theater. It's a huge hit on on video and everybody goes wild right so she does the first season of friends she's already got her nose changed and you don't even know it's her first season of friends is in 94 yeah so that's seven years that's less wait that's seven years later seven years later so in seven years she changes her face so much you can't even tell it's her on friends yeah yeah and you she's know, already doing a background part, a walk-on background part on Friends seven years later on a new show. This is like, this is probably like the fourth episode of a show that hadn't be even been a hit yet. Yeah, That's it, falling it was, from grace right there, It man. was a slide. It was a slide, yeah. 
and you know like she's done uh you know she's worked she just hasn't hit that that level of dirty dancing ever again yeah that's what i'm saying she just yeah. like fell right off i mean, I mean I, i'm still i'm still a little on the fence because she was a part of other major hits you know like she was like what well that's what i'm saying like ferris bueller's day off but she you know? wasn't she didn't make that movie what it was like if she was it was some she's other a, actress she's she a great part of that movie jeff but if it was another actress it would have been the same same movie probably <laughs> and by the way just to show you the difference of fall off there while jennifer gray was making three team tv movies in a row patrick swayze was making <laughs> patrick swayze was making roadhouse point break and ghost <laughs> yep it's pretty iconic films there jeff so, <laughs> so i don't think we can uh mince mince words here about about the fall off of all the right Star. i'm with you i'm with you then one one hit one hit actor that's fine i uh, know so sticking with the theme of 80s actors that didn't really go anywhere we're going to talk about child star mr will wheaton will wheaton will wheaton will wheaton i actually love will wheaton i think he was great in toy soldiers Coach Soldiers was not a big film, though. It was not a big hit. A lot, I mean, you and I probably only saw it because it was on Channel 5, Sunday Night Movies. Exactly. But Toy <laughs> Soldiers was movies. a very fun movie. It was. <gasps> it starred uh, It starred Will Wheaton. It starred um, uh, Sean Astin. And mm -hmm. it was It was a good good um, concept for a film, for, for boys to see. But, you know, he didn't really go anywhere. The other, other people in his that were in stand by me with him were river phoenix who was a huge star before he died uh jerry o'connell and uh corey yeah corey feldman sorry see corey feldman is one of those where like he had a run he had he didn't just have a run man he, he had, had a like run. he had a dude he had years he years had upon run. years upon years yeah Talk um, about child star. He is the child star who is now just fucked up. See now, like Jerry O'Connell, you could say is kind of a one-hit actor. No, he's not. He's still doing movies. But well, yeah, but not not like hit movies where where he sort of became um, like uber famous was in the cult classic sci-fi TV series Sliders, right? Where he was like, oh, it's the kid from Stand by Me, where he like as a as an adult everybody was like oh this guy that's right oh my god I, I like him he's all thin now you know he was the fat kid and stand by me um that's you know so like if we're not counting tv but he was the star of that show and it ran for for you know four or five seasons um and then he was replaced by his brother i think <laughs> which is kind of weird um but yeah well well we i mean like he was on star trek next generation which was a huge show for but channel was, 13 yeah he was a it side, was not a network show there's a big difference um he he really became a pop culture name uh because of the internet um he was like one of the first like people to hop on chat rooms and like be like part of the internet generation um and you know was he was like there from the start he was like <laughs> user number three it's like Al Gore and somebody else and Will Wheaton. Those are the first three people on the internet. <laughs> you know, 
so, you know, a, a lot of his sort of fame uh, has grown from from that. Plus, he he was the kid in Stand By Me, and plus he was the, you know, the... Um, you know, the character in, in Star Trek, but yeah, you don't you don't really see a lot from from Will Wheaton. Yeah, there's, that's there's, that's like a you know huge blockbuster type type of uh, you know movie roles or franchises or, or whatever. Yeah, you don't. I mean, there's not very much that he does that's uh, at all. I mean, Stand by Me is a classic. It's Rob Reiner. It's mm-hmm. a classic movie that that it's it's never going to go away it's a it's a de- an adaptation of the book the body from stephen king it's a great great movie it's my favorite richard dreyfus movie <laughs> where he's in like five <laughs> seconds at the end <laughs> um except for the narration which is all richard dreyfus but um yeah it's will wheaton i think is absolutely fantastic and stand by me it's just i wish there was more of will wheaton and stuff i love him in big bang theory Fantastic I, as himself. I completely agree. Will Wheaton should have done more. And Cast him just, in, in some cool stuff. Casting directors. Will Wheaton's yeah. cool. Will Wheaton's good, but he just he just fell off. He didn't have a lot. He was going that's going on, and that's why he's kind of a one hit wonder from our perspective. But that I like you said in the beginning, that is not to disparage any of these actors. It's just we're more like saying that these guys need to work more. I would love yeah. to see more Paul Hogan. Well, maybe Paul Hogan aside. No, I, I would I find, love to see Paul Hogan. Let's get another. I, let's get another fucking crocodile movie out there. I I would have loved to have seen Patrick Fugit do more more work. I would. Have I still loved would like to, to see more Patrick seen, Fugit. You know, um, you, you Shannon Elizabeth do do more than what I think she may have done that she didn't actually do in my brain. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, well, we got speaking of speaking of uh, Shannon Elizabeth, we we got we got one more girl on this list. One more girl that we only saw one really cheesy movie that she was in. She owned it. She owned it when she was on top of that bar, this... dancing around, spraying water on on firemen who didn't ask, who who only asked for water. This movie is an odd phenomenon to me. Coyote because, Ugly, yeah, Coyote Ugly. Uh, the the actress's name is Piper Perabo. Piper Perabo, who is a very pretty actress. Yeah, she could have had. I feel like she could have had a better career, but she only did cheaper by the dozen after this that I'm aware of, and barely. She's barely yeah. in Cheaper by the Dozen. She's she's a very good actress. I kind of think this movie is a little beneath her. I mean, this movie is pretty much just a <clears throat> big commercial to go to Las Vegas and drink with your friends. This movie was it was it was okay. You know, like the <laughs> the concept is a little weird, you know, like uh you know, like it it's it's sort of the it's weird because it's the last of those movies that we got a lot in the 80s where like Somebody comes. It's female goes, cocktail. Yeah, it goes from from you know a a career that there are no superstars, and she becomes a superstar. Like it's one of those types of movies that you know Tom Cruise did a whole lot of. <laughs> well, it's not just so much of that because Piper Parabo in this movie, who she plays Violet in this movie, the Violet character is not like. See, if this was a Tom Cruise movie, he would have been the best. At being the bartender, which is what he was in cocktail, right. he was the best bartender in the world. Right. Piper's not like that. She's just a girl that's trying to become a singer songwriter, and she finds the only way she can do that is by going to Coyote Ugly and becoming a bartender and doing the singing songwriter on the side. Yeah, yeah. So like it, it, the shift is that it's her 
her wanting to become sort of famous or, or notable is not for, yeah, the position that she gets, but that it becomes a platform yeah, for her. And but she ends up, and she the, ends up, you know, forgetting about the music and because she has to do her shift it because she's liking the Terry Ugly shifts more right. than the music. And she did the essence her of this movie is the, is really though that same sort of 80s, it's Roadhouse, it's Cocktail, it's, you know, it's a, any number of those, you know, um, types of of plots this just happened in the 90s but yeah like she she really didn't do anything else and it's, it's a little sad well, but the phenomenon around this there are bars like there's a franchise bar called coyote ugly for for this movie that's like it's it's weird because yeah, but this happened in the 90s because there was also 54 that happened at the in there in the 90s and after 54 came out all of a sudden the franchise opened up again yeah, Club 54 from the 70s was like, well, we can do this again. Yeah. But remember, Bring on this, the cocaine. This <laughs> this movie, Piper Parabo was not the one who be who was successful from this movie. It was Maria Bello. Maria Bello was super successful after this movie. Yeah, like film. I mean, in who knows? There's a, a million variables that could have gone into why any of these actors just didn't quite do, like didn't quite land or didn't quite get that one part or maybe they they could have they could have been one of these actors where like oh they turned down this role in this movie that they didn't think was going to be that good and some other actor picked it up and then that movie just blew a, you know a hole in the stratosphere because it was a phenomenon you know we talk about <clears throat> actors that switch roles and then you know uh you, you you feel a little bad for the actor who got fired after two days or yeah you know, switching it yeah but, but um, dude, Maria Bello gets the cooler after this. That's an that's an Academy Award nominated movie. Yeah, it's a great film too. Yeah, she, she does. I mean, if you look down her list of movies that she gets after Coyote Ugly, it's like it reads like a who's who of just movies that are just insane. Yeah, she put in she put in good work after Coyote Ugly. That's for sure. But Piper Bello or Piper Piper Bello Piper Parabo <laughs> Piper Parabo. Has had um, it just just didn't do a lot, so that's it. Switches one hit wonder actors. You know, don't believe all of the other lists out there. This one is more of a definitive list because we actually talked about actors that were actually one hit wonders. And the good thing is that we didn't have that many. So if you're an actor out there and you hit it big, guess what? You're gonna have a long career. You think <laughs> that? You think you're gonna have, you're gonna be out there forever until you don't. Exactly. And then you'll be on the next episode where we talk about one-hit actors. And then we're going to be on the next episode, which we are going to have actors that were at the peak of their career, and then they became the next Chevy Chase. We're looking at you, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> All right, That's just kidding. Sad. We love Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase is my favorite actor. I love Brendan Fraser, too. I'm sad that, he, that his career stopped, but, you know. I think he would say it didn't stop. He's probably on the phone with his agent right now. I mean, it, it's the the level that it was that stopped for sure. Yeah. But um, you know, it, it sucks. But that's the industry, right? All right. Well, check us out on our Instagram at Switch the Envelope. Follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Switch Envelope. Or as always, you can go to SwitchTheEnvelope.com for all your Switch the Envelope needs. Like, make and sure to-, to us. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, man. I was going to say, just like, like, and subscribe to us wherever podcasts are made free. Uh, if you're having to pay for our podcast, uh, you've done something wrong. Um, not us. It's 
not us. And then make sure also to go on to Apple Podcasts and write a review. We would like to have a review. Make sure that is a five-star review. If you're going to leave a two, three, or one review, don't do it. Yeah, just don't because, Yeah, just don't do it. But uh, give us five stars. Here's the thing with that, Jeff. You can, you can leave five stars and then write a terrible review. They'll let you do that. Yeah, I know. I did that to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. I'm fucking tired. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll we'll get a innovations to you soon, or maybe another allergies with Hollywood facts. But until next time, we'll see you later. See you later, guys. The following is a riff laugh production.